Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast. With your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into TDN Fantasy, our live show. Hopefully you are joining us right now on YouTube or on social media. If not, you're listening to us in the more traditional fashion when this is uploaded to the podcast stream. Join us again on next Friday because we're going to have a lot of these live shows. We're going to answer your questions, talk about start sits. We're really excited to get things going, Jake. Uh, We're brought to you by Mighty Swell. Uh, I finally got mine. I'm excited. I'm, I'm sipping on a cherry lime spiked seltzer right now. Uh, I'm, this is what I hear from Paige. This is her favorite. She's not on the show today. It's her birthday. So she's off gallivanting around somewhere in the greater Phoenix area, enjoying her birthday safely, by the way, but enjoying her day. Uh, but I finally got these. I'm excited. Jake uh, is, have you tried the cherry lime one yet? Is this one of your favorites or do you like one of the other options? I have not because my 12 pack would not fit in my suitcase. So I'm going to run down to Publix down the streets that just landed 30 minutes ago in Tampa. And they're everywhere. Every Publix in the state of Florida, in case you were wondering about your mighty swells, I think you can pick them up at damn near every grocery store in Florida. So I will damn sure be trying that. I'm, I'm going with a little, uh, little bourbon and uh, what do we go with? Diet cream. soda. Diet cream. The bourbon yes. Nice little dessert before dinner. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a little bit of happy a little bit of happy hour here. It's, it's just a past six o'clock on the East Coast, 503 where I am here in Chicago. I'm just kind of enjoying sitting back, relaxing, talking some fantasy. We'll get into our gambling picks at the very end of the show, but we can't start without the biggest piece of information that we got today. And that is going to be Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints this weekend against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, if you play in an ESPN league, there's a nice little twist. He is tight end eligible. So now you have a starting quarterback available at one of the weakest positions in fantasy. Jake, is Taysom Hill now a must start? He was in the top 10 for me when I thought he was just going to be catching passes and running around with Jameis Winston. Is he a must start for you now? Is he not tight end one? I mean, if what we're hearing is legit, if if what we're hearing is legit and Jameis doesn't have an offensive package, and this is the Taysom Hill show of quarterback, Travis Kelsey can't touch that. I mean, he can, but like he has to have a monster week. He's got to be tight end one or two. That's like the biggest loophole in the history of the world. You're approaching the playoffs. I mean, this could literally like, if this is more than two weeks, and I don't know how the hell Drew Brees is coming back in two weeks, Jamie. Like they're talking about. Well, they just put him on IR. They just put him on IR before the show. So it's not. Yeah. I was going to say, they were trying to get away with, we're going to, this is going to be a two week thing. No way. Jason Mill plays decent. No way. And they're paying him like he's the guy, right? I mean, he's making 16 on the cap, 10 and a half salary. Jameis is making one. It makes sense. Sean Payton said this is freaking Steve Young. But, dude, this could swing people's leagues. You now have a tight end that could be, what, if he plays terrible, it's 14, 15 points as a quarterback? Yeah. I mean, I mean th- and tight end, like you said the other day, what was tight end one last week was 11.2. There's two guys tied with oh, yeah, thir- it. Yeah, 13.1. Like, that. that's the huge. thing. This is – Yeah. So there was – we talked about this on the show a couple years ago, and longtime listeners will remember, like, the Jalen Samuels cheat code that you had if you played in Yahoo leagues. Yeah. Yep. When he took over, when James Conner got hurt, that, I believe that was the Le'Veon Bell holdout year when everything was in chaos in that backfield. 
he was still tight end eligible. So you had essentially a low end RB one in your tight end spot for those few weeks. And this is, this is a tremendous boost for some teams for the next three weeks. Like even if Taysom Hill, let's say everything goes terribly. He has a horrible game relative for quarterbacks. He still might have a decent fantasy day, but there's a horrible game and they go to Jameis Winston for the next two weeks. He's still a startable tight end because they're going to have packages for Look, him. He's going to touch the ball a ton. If he has a Carson Wentz week, it was six point eight two points last week. That's still like that's still tight end one. Like that's you'll be, not, you'll, you'll be yeah, you'll be in contention. I guarantee has better numbers than that against the Packers defense. Yeah, and I got a lot of questions about him this week. Uh, there are a lot of people that are going to move Kelsey to a flex spot and play Taysom Hill at tight end. Uh, I, I think I like that's that a too. solid move. Yeah. Uh, look, if if you've been fortunate enough to pick him up or you picked him up for whatever reason. This is going to pay off for you because this is going to be a huge boost heading into the postseason. Now, let's transition to everybody else because that's really only ESPN. And I believe if you play DFS on FanDuel, uh, he has tight end eligibility. For everybody else, he's just a quarterback. We all know about this Falcons defense. They've played a little bit better over the last few weeks since Dan Quinn got fired. But they're still very beatable in the secondary. Strictly from a quarterback-only standpoint, as you can see on the scroll if you're watching live, he doesn't make my top 10. But – where would he land for you? Is he startable in a 12-team league, or is he more of a, like, if you're in a two-quarterback super flex league, you'll throw him in there? I don't know if I'm throwing him in there. I mean, look, he's looked okay when we've seen him at quarterback. He's thrown three passes in one game. He runs like a freight train with his shoulders down. That I mean, I, Sean Payton hasn't run an offense where they throw it less than 30 times that I can remember. And, yeah, it's a lot of dink and dunk, but you damn, you saw Kyler Murray last night. Like, you don't, you can't have a sore shoulder and go play quarterback. He's played, they, they did a phenomenal job on the broadcast of showing the blood coming down his arm the other night, right? And he's all bruised yep. up. If he's going to play quarterback like he plays football, I don't see that equating to a good fantasy night. Like, they might be able to run the ball efficiently enough, run the option, run a bunch of random stuff, and Sean can coach up and they win because they keep a ball, the way ball away from Matt Ryan in this offense. I wouldn't touch. I'd wait and see on that one. I, I wouldn't touch. If it was Jameis, with Jameis's career against the Falcons and knowing this division and having those weapons, even in that dink and dunk offense where he can go down the field, I like Jameis. I think Jameis's floor was probably 16, 17 points. Yeah, I, did I too. really do. But Taysom Hill, I think his floor is 9 or 10. I, the, I, there's a – Yeah, know. the hope there is it's the rushing. And we talk about the – I know it's the, the part that a fantasy that you really dislike the most of how skewed rushing quarterbacks are point-wise compared to maybe what they would be in a real-life quarterbacking scenario. But that's the hope that I don't know. But the concern is here is I have no idea what kind of offense New Orleans There's such a game. difference between Kyler Murray, who actually got hit last night. Yes. And Taysom Hill, who's going to get hit every time he runs it because he's, he's trying, trying to, to get you hit. in the end yeah. of a play. That's a dude. That's a big difference, man. I, they, they want this to be a three or four week thing and not a one week. Thing. That can't be the way he runs the ball. Like it can't be the way he plays quarterback for an entire game. That's cool when you're a spot play Swiss Army knife, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you're going to play quarterback and you're going to run it ten times a game and you're going to get hit nine times and not step out of bounds and run people over, I don't know how that's sustainable over a three or four week. I mean, he's a big dude. He's tough. I get all that, but man, like equated to golf. Golfers don't have the same swing every day, and they ain't hit nobody. You just your body changes a little bit. You got yeah. a sore muscle here or there, whatever it is. It's not the same. And if you if that shoulder's dragging a little bit, you get a little bit of a stinger. You get a, a little anything that you hit in the forearm because you land wrong, and your release is different. Playing quarterback in the NFL is so hard. The windows are so tight to be accurate with the ball. You can't have anything wrong. I, I just I, it's, to me, it's a hundred percent wait and see. 
I think they had a much better chance of winning this game with Jameis Winston. We both picked the Falcons to win it anyway. I don't know. I'm waiting to see. Sean Payton thinks he's Steve Young, and we will see if if he looks like that. That's the thing for me is as if you said this on the show before and every other source that has talked to Sean Payton says the same thing, that Sean Payton truly believes in Taysom Hill. We will he get does. the chance to see over these next few weeks if he's right or if there's flashes of him being right. Is he the smartest guy in the room on this player or is this just a failed experiment? And what do you We're think? Finally- You've seen him throw 12 passes. He looks like a really good, big, strong college quarterback that can throw. If you go to an NFL practice, right, Patrick Peterson looks as good throwing the ball as any damn quarterback in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal form. It comes out of his hand. Like, there's guys that can throw. There's a bunch of guys that were high school quarterbacks. I haven't seen him take a seven-step drop and the ball come out on time and throw into a tight window or third and eight, and he throws a speed out to Mike Thomas, and it's got to be out of bounds. It's got to be – he's the only person that can catch it. I I haven't seen those NFL throws I just I don't know how you go from like I'm gonna run a gadget play and I'm gonna drop back and I'm gonna look 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 so I'm gonna take off running that, that I don't know how I don't think that's sustainable I really don't right now no and I I don't know again you're going from playing 20 25 30 snaps a game to trying to play 70 and it's gonna change the way that that, that position works I, I don't know like to me as a fill in for like one week maybe you can hold down the fort as somebody that you think might be auditioning to be your starting quarterback in 2021 I I, I can't buy it. I just can't buy that that he's going to be that player. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think it's must see TV though. I, I can't oh, yeah. wait to see Sean Payton thinks he's he's Steve Young. Like, what are we going to actually see? I can't, and I think he will get better. Like, if this is a three or four week audition and Jameis really isn't going to play, I think he's going to get better week to week. He's going to look better as court. But I can't wait to see it because we haven't seen it. Like, I can't remember a time a guy took a snap in the NFL as a starting quarterback that you've never seen look like a quarterback. Like you've seen him throw passes, but he didn't look like a quarterback. He looked like Antonio Brown has thrown some great touchdowns lefty, right? Or Jarvis Landry threw the one against Dallas earlier in the season. It was a nice pass, but he looked like that. He didn't look like a quarterback. This is this is so unprecedented. It really is. And I think one of Taysom Hill's biggest strengths is the fact that he gives you some roster flexibility with how he's able to be used as a starter on both punt teams, as a start, you know, you could do so many things with him. So you open up your roster spots elsewhere. But if you're asking him to be the starting quarterback of your franchise, I think that's asking a lot. Uh, you know, he's not ranked in my top 15. You know, if you're in a two QB league, you know, it's not, it's, uh, you're starting every quarterback that starts each week. So that's not a question I, for you. I but. will say this, Jamie, because, you know, we, we love getting into you and I, especially in the spring, getting a salary. This could solve a lot of their salary cap problems. Sure. If he goes in and he's their starting quarterback next year and Drew Brees' money, like they got a bunch of dead money tied up there. But if he stays at that 16 million on the cap, it solves a ton of problems that is not 25. $9 million goes a long way towards keeping this team together. There's going to be a big drop-off, I think, from, from Drew Brees to Taysom Hill regardless. Oh, well, but, but they're going to take a big drop-off. It solves a lot anyway. of their problems. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the question is going to be where the Saints view themselves realistically for 2021. Is that a year they're going to try to – I mean, front-facing, they're going to say they're going to compete. But internally, do they truly believe they are Super Bowl contenders or – are they transitioning to get through the Drew Brees dead cap and the other cap problems that they have? And they, again, they still have a fairly young team offensively. They can they can take a year off and come back, for lack of a better phrase. But uh, for fantasy, again, must start tight end. He's my tight end two overall. Uh, and for quarterback, unless you're in a two quarterback league, uh, you can wait and see. Uh, let's get into our next topic, and that is right after he had a huge breakout game. DeAndre Swift looks like he's not going to play this week with a concussion. 
it's brutal news. Uh, it was, I've been, you know, he was somebody I, I was pretty high on thinking about him being in the second half of the year as being a guy that can really help you in your playoff push that was starting to right manifest itself. Well, no, but I mean, in the preseason, I was like, that was no, starting I, to manifest no, itself. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. It and was, now it just, it's just stops. Uh, you know, what do you think about, you know, Adrian Peterson this week in that matchup? What do you, I mean, against Carolina, a team you can run on. Do you, do you like some other replacement options? It just feels like you're in a bad spot if you've been relying on DeAndre Swift because the running back market's still tough out there. No Joe Mixon. There's still a lot of guys not playing. This is a tough blow. It really is because he became those guys that are so few and far between as a three-down back. Then he was finally taking that role over. If Adrian Peterson takes a bunch of carries, on Johnson's going to get some touches, but neither one of those guys are three-down backs. And that's where DeAndre Swift is going to give you so much value going into the playoffs and, and maybe win you your league if he was going to get the, the workload he got last week. I'd probably lean towards on Johnson because a few weeks ago before they really decided to make this shift to, to Swift, he was getting some catches, had a touchdown pass. Adrian Peterson doesn't catch it well. But if it's going to be a true split between those two, then I don't know. You get your hands up in there. I'm not really sure what's going to happen. I'm not sure you can replace the value you got last week. You, you definitely can't. It, it's going to be a weird game, too. Like We assume Matthew Stafford's going to play, but he's still up in the air. Kenny Galladay's not going to play. I know it doesn't look like Teddy Bridgewater's going to play. You're obviously not getting Christian McCaffrey. So there are a lot of big names out of that Detroit-Carolina game. But uh, – I, I don't. I, odds are you probably have a better option on your bench. I mean, if you look at if you were using Swift as an RB two, you know maybe you got lucky and had you know Gio Bernard or Duke Johnson who have kind of taken over roles because of injuries, yeah. or maybe you're able to pick he up might. Damian Harris. I think Rex Burkhead could be a sneaky play this week as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, for me, I'm probably not playing any of the Lions backs. I think I have Peterson slightly higher than Carry On in my rankings, Just but they're too, both too many questions of what the workload is going to be. Yeah, and then how often they're going to get used. And look, Adrian Peterson hasn't been very effective the last couple of weeks, which is a big reason why DeAndre Swift was getting so many more looks. So mm-hmm. you can't really replace running backs right now anyway. This has been – But you can run it on Carolina. So then there's that whole thing of like – I mean, the Bucks just put up 544 yards. They threw it. They ran it. They did whatever they wanted. They don't get a great pass yeah. rush. And, and I, don't I don't know if with P.J. Walker that Carolina is going to move the ball down the field so you might get extra possessions. Like it's just – I don't know, but part of me looks at this is the same Detroit team that we were all certain last year when Carryon Johnson went down that we knew which back was going to get the work, and then it was Bo Scarborough, and then then there was like a, there was like a Ty Johnson game, a Wes Hills game. I mean, if you remember this, like we were yep. never able to accurately predict where the running game was going. I'm probably Where's avoiding Patricia the situation. from New England. I mean, yep. that's the same exact thing well, they do. They kill and, that. And he'll be back there in a few weeks. But otherwise, I mean, I don't know where else to go. Uh, yeah. at, at, the, at running back with Detroit, you probably have a better option elsewhere. Uh, but another player to kind of keep an eye on is there was a lot of negativity around him yesterday, but there's a little bit more optimism today for uh, Devontae Adams of the Packers. He missed the last two practices, but he was back on the field. We saw a video of him catching passes today. Obviously, there's, there's no analysis if he plays. If he's active, you're starting him. Duh. But if he doesn't, what does that mean for Alan Lazard, who looks like he's going to make his debut since the first time since week three this week? And Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who has had two pretty good fantasy games back-to-back, Jake. If Adams doesn't play, where do you like those two guys versus if he does? It's so tough because Valdez-Scantling's been really good, and he's kind of come on to like what we hoped he would be last year, and he wasn't at all. But he still drops a pass here and there, and he's still almost the Will Fuller to DeAndre Hopkins where he – you have Devontae taking all the, the, the pressure and everything else, and then you can – Valdez Gantling hits you deep. And Aaron was – they were finally getting the chemistry. So does Lazard take over more of that possession role for Devontae Adams? 
I don't know that he's 100%. I don't know what his workload is going to be like yeah. coming back off that core injury. I had a sports hernia surgery. It sucks. It can linger. It, it, if you go play, if you do it running and not doing some other stuff, it, it can feel like it's not great, right? I don't know what his return is going to be. I, I mean, the thing is with Devontae, if he plays, he's going to play and he's going to play well. He's getting shot up. Yeah. He's going to town. It's, it's you're, you're fine. The other two are question marks. I'd give Lazard a week. I've got him sitting on, on one bench just in case, one or two. I think I might have him in two leagues, actually. Because uh, I do want to see what it looks like, and I think they're going to have to throw the ball to win. But I don't like the matchup this week. I mean, if Devontae no, Adams, if Devontae Adams doesn't play, I mean, Indy stops the run. They're they're number one against the pass. Like that defense is legit. I, I, it's going to be a, a huge hurdle for Aaron Rodgers to get over. That's the thing for me. I, I knocked Aaron Rodgers down a little bit. He's still QB one range, but he's more at the lower portion now. I put guys like Matt Ryan, some some others ahead of him, just because. I was still assuming Adams didn't play. We'll see what happens in the final updates and, and if he's able to be active. But it's a bad matchup anyway. Uh, I like Lazard in the red zone, but I, like you, don't quite have him as playable right now. I had to make a decision between him and, like, Corey Davis, for example. And I've just been – we've seen more production from Corey Davis outside of one week over the last two months to say, you know, it's too risky. If it was a great matchup, if they're playing Atlanta, for example, we just talked about with the Saints, I'm taking a shot. Yeah. But playing that secondary yeah. right now yeah. – uh, you know, again, in a very deep league, or if you have a multi flex league, I think Lazard and Valdez Scantling could come into play. But that's where I think they are like a second flex option for yeah. you going yeah. forward in this matchup. I just don't love it. Um, I think Aaron Jones will catch a few more passes. If you saw my player props for this week, I like him catching five passes at plus odds just because yeah, like there's that. nowhere else to go downfield. Where is he going to go? He's going to check it down to, to Aaron Jones, who's got five catches in three of the last four games. So yeah. you'll still get yours from him, but. Otherwise, it's not been something that uh, I'm too excited about right now. But uh, before we get into your questions and start and sit, we have to remind you that the Start Six segment is brought to you by Manscaped. And if you're joining us on our live show, you will have the opportunity to see this gift package that I will try not to dump out all over the screen or over my mic right now from Manscaped. This is exactly what you will get in the mail if you order the lawnmower 3.0 in the holiday gift pack, uh, by the way, 20% off and free shipping by using the code TDN at manscaped.com. Uh, I was really surprised. I mean, this is some, if you're checking out our show right now, this is, this is a high quality razor. This is not what I was necessarily expecting. Uh, the, the quality is, is top notch. I'm trying to tell you. The, the it really 3.0 compared to the 2.0, man. So they did nice little upgrade. Look, it's, it's top notch. And look, I understand that we're all heading towards, depending on where you are in the country or the world, we're heading toward another lockdown-like scenario. So a lot of your most exciting activities are going to happen at home, probably behind closed doors. So you got to make yourself presentable, right? I mean, look, to me, it's worth an investment in my time. Anything that gets more activity in that area is worth my time. I think that's a worthwhile investment. I imagine that you at home think so as well, uh, whether that is what, uh, no matter what side of the equation you are on. Uh, but this holiday gift pack that's available right now, it comes with boxers. You're on Manscaped boxers as well. It comes nice with too. Jake's favorite thing that I'm really excited to try, which is the Crop Reviver, a refreshing ball toner. Really simple to use. Literally just spray it on, pick I it was up, a, a couple spritzes, let it air dry. Man, I was a fan. I was a fan. It's good stuff. And the most important thing for our intern, Hank, uh, we have the Crop Preserver, the anti-chafing ball deodorant. Don't have smelly balls again. Again, you put deodorant under your armpits. Why not the most smelly part of your body? So, and by the way, Hank, we know we've heard several stories. It's smelly down there. So get yourself the crop preserver. All of this 
comes with this holiday gift pack. Just go to manscaped.com, use the code TDN. You'll save 20% off and get free shipping. It's, it's a great stocking stuffer, but it's really more than that. It's a really exciting piece here. And like I said, if you're watching our live video, this is exactly what you're going to get delivered right to your door. So package get it right for your now. Package. package for your package. Use code TDN to save 20% and get free shipping. Jake, let's get into some starts and sits. Let's get into the quarterback one first, and let's talk about one I've been asked a few different times, and it plays off right what we were talking about, Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan this week. There's questions about Devontae Adams for sure, but Matt Ryan has, I think, a better matchup. The Saints are beatable. They're not. It's not a great matchup, but it's closer to middle of the pack than we're used to expecting. Marshawn Lattimore may or may not play in this game. He's popped up as questionable as well. Aaron Rodgers going up against a really stout Indianapolis defense, maybe without his top receiving weapon. For me, it's Matt Ryan, but what do you think? I think Aaron Rodgers is going to lean on Aaron Jones, and so I'm going to go with Matt Ryan as well. Look, the Saints' defense has sucked all year other than when they played the Bucs, which is one of the top offenses in the league. They just played phenomenal when they played them. I don't know if it's a matchup thing, it's a scheme thing, whatever's going on, that's when they've shown up. They've given up a ton to everybody else, including what they gave up to Aaron Rodgers and Lazard that night. Matt Ryan coming out of a bye, plays better inside than outside. It's not going to be an issue here. And I don't know what this game flow is going to look like. If Taysom Hill is not any good, or they're trying to run it down their throat and they can't, and Matt Ryan gets a couple extra possessions because of it, he's still got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, I think it looks like he's going to play. I'm going to have to go with Matt Ryan on this one. Yeah, Calvin Ridley does not carry an injury designation into this game, which is really exciting news for fantasy managers out there. I agree with you. I brought up the stats on our show earlier this week and again on the TDN against the spread show of the last four games, Matt Ryan is averaging more than 311 passing yards with 11 total touchdowns against the Saints. Uh, he's having, And even going back 10 years, he's averaging two touchdowns a game on the road against the Saints. So any of those road issues aren't going to be there. I love this. He's a top eight quarterback for me. He's one of those must starts. Uh, I think he's going to have a really big game. Uh, and you're going to be excited about what you get from all those players. I love our underdog of the week even more now. We'll get more into this later of the Falcons getting points. Uh, I might back off the over a little bit that we both loved because I was expecting yeah, James Winston to swing it. We talked about it. It's gone up, and I think more of like I think they might play more conservative in New Orleans than I was expecting. Yeah, I think they when might James slow the swing down a little bit. They're going to run it that much. Then yeah, that that uh, that over is not looking too good. No, it is not. But we have a few more over our start sits to talk about before we get into your question. Let's move on to running backs and let's discuss the next one where there's going to be a lot of questions about Giovanni Bernard this week. Bernard or Salvin Ahmed, who had a really big game for Miami, but we're still not quite sure what to expect from that backfield. Breda might be back this week. Bernard doesn't have a great matchup, didn't get a lot of work last week. So this is kind of that like flex territory or somebody might be making a decision about if you had DeAndre Swift. Jake, where do you lean here? I'm still going to go towards the proven veteran and Bernard, but I'm worried about the the usage last week. And I was getting blown up on Twitter. Be like, the game got out of hand, so they weren't running it. Gio Bernard's their third down back. If yeah. they're throwing it, he's in the damn game. That, that makes no sense. That's literally his role. Like his game flow is to be in the game, and he wasn't. And he he was it was his, he's been phenomenal this year when he's filled in. But eight points last week to me was a disappointment. There weren't the little dink and dunk checkdowns. And the week before that, he didn't get as many carries. So I'm still going to go there because it's more of a proven option. Denver has not been good, but Vic Fangio is still going to scheme up whatever he can to take away something. And if you're playing a rookie quarterback, you're going to take away the run. And you're going to do everything you can to put pressure on Tua and blitz him. Uh, so I'm going to go with Bernard here. I'm going to go with Bernard as well. And I think part of it is just the pass catching. 
Uh, you know, Ahmed's not going to catch a lot of passes. He didn't last week, and if Breda's coming back, I still don't think he's going to. Uh, where it's not a great matchup, but I still think they're going to drop it down to him a few times, three or four times. He'll get you. Uh, but he's one of those guys that he's not an RB2 for me this week. He's more of a flex. Both of these guys are. So yeah. disappointing. He's a player that I relied on. I needed last week. I needed a better performance from him last week, quite frankly. And But someone to keep, it, keep an eye on for a while and keep on your roster because Zach Taylor had some pretty cryptic things to say about Joe Mixon today. He was just asked if he expects Mixon back this season. That was the context in which he said, and he would not commit to that. He would not Amy, commit to talk, the timeline I mean, of this season. You're going to think I'm Rex Ryan with a foot fetish as much as we talk about feet <laughs> on this freaking show. But I'm telling you right now, man, whether they use the word Liz Frank or not, if you have a foot issue, I mean, you saw Greg Olson go out with a torn plantar fascia. Like, that sucks. Like feet, It is such a hard thing to do to play in the NFL. And if you're doing it with a turf toe and people laugh, what's turf toe? Go like this with your big toe. That's the ligament that raises yep. and puts down your big toe. You cannot play in the NFL with a freaking torn with turf toe. Like, it sucks. Whatever it is, it can damn sure linger. And that's a legit question. Will we see him again this year? You just gave him a ton of money. Yeah. It's scary. I mean, I, I still like Bernard here and there for the rest of the year. That's not a great matchup this week either. I loved Carlos Hyde last night. He put up some decent points. Yeah, he, he did. And so I'm trying to find that exact quote from Zach Taylor. So I, I didn't butcher it, but it was pretty much, it was pretty concerning if you've been holding on to Joe Mixon. And I think the first sign should have very much been when he comes back off a of bye and still not practicing. Like, rarely do you see that sort yes. of a timeline yeah. where it's multiple weeks and then not even getting back on the field. It's got to be concerning. Off a phenomenal trade last week. So I, uh, I somehow traded, uh, who did I try to trade? Mixon and Zach Moss for Ezekiel Elliott. After you traded for Ezekiel Elliott, yeah. I went, I'm going to buy in on this. He that's, hasn't that's had a 100 a f- guard game. They're going to lean on Andy Dalton's coming back. But like I knew, I saw the Joe Mixon thing. He wasn't doing that good anyway. And then it was hurt with a foot. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to make that, that jump. I love that trade a lot. And yeah, I'm very curious to see about Zeke's usage this week because Jerry Jones is talking him up again, calling him the best player on the team. Like I, Dalton's You're coming, coming back. Out of a still- You've had a chance yeah. to self scout. Andy is coming back. So you at least got to, you got to give a little bit of crudo to the, to the passing game. Now offensive line still sucks, but Zeke doesn't need much. No, and and he's better than what he's been so far this year. I, I'm I have I've, obviously we both traded for him. We're believers in a, a little bit of a bounce back here. It's the matchup to do it as well. Uh, let's stick with running backs. We have a couple more, and this next one is fascinating to me. This is one of the most searched items on Fantasy Pros in terms of start or sits and either ors. And part of me, if you asked me this question back in August, I would have looked at you like you had three heads, and that is Kalen Balage. <laughs> Or Jonathan Taylor. Could you imagine us having this conversation in August? I, 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 I would have, we would have laughed you out of the building, but right now it's a legitimate question that you have to face. Jonathan Taylor's got a great matchup, but how much is he going to play? Dude, I literally picked up Kalen Balaz yesterday in a Yahoo league and I'm playing him over Jonathan Taylor. So there's my answer. Like I, I think Naheem Hines has proven to be the most explosive back in that backfield. They're all going to get carries. They're all going to split work. Who the hell knows what's going to happen on the goal line? And for some reason, the Rams love Kalen Blash, who's playing the Jets. He's had 15 points two weeks in a row. Like, I'm, I'm cool with that. Give me 15 and let's move on. I think he has the ability to maybe get 20. He's getting those kind of touches. Joshua Kelly, they've gone away from. Jackson's hurt on, an, on IR. So I'm going to play Balazs over Jonathan Taylor. I, I don't think there's any question about talent. This is not like this is a fantasy. What do you do now? And I've learned my lesson the last couple of years playing guys that made moves like this. This is how you win games of fantasy late in the year. 
it's funny. And I, I just went to take a look at my rankings, which you can see on the draftnetwork.com to see how close I had these two guys. And uh, I agree with you. I have Kalen Balaja 27, Jonathan Taylor 29. Uh, I, it's, I can't believe it. And there's been no bigger hater on Kalen Balaja than myself. Uh, I think I made fun of his ducking out of the way of an ass last year, like it for months. Uh, again, it's a, went to my alma mater. I'm very familiar with Kalen Balaj. I just, but he's running with a lot more power, and that's a lot of the I concern they have with Josh. I can't say that I love it because Jonathan Taylor is so talented, and this matchup is so juicy. If they want to give him 20 carries, I think he goes off. I just have zero faith in the Colts to do that, and the Rams have or the, the Chargers have shown the ability. Belage, they're going to ride Belage. They like him as the best guy in that backfield until he get until he gets back. You fall in love with the workload, and right now mm-hmm. I can trust that Kalen Belage is going to get 15, 16, 17 touches. Where Jonathan Taylor might get seven, like, and that that's the, that's the scary part. Like, he's sure from an upside standpoint, it, it's to the moon for Jonathan Taylor if he gets things going in that matchup. But it's a three way timeshare, and if you've have any like the Rams running backs, for example, you know how frustrating that can be. And he's not even the lead of that timeshare; like, he is in the mix. But sometimes yeah. he's third, like, and so it's just it's and concerning. You've you seen can't the Hines prove over and over at different times this year how fast and explosive he is in space. As much as they want to dump it off when Philip Rivers is in that shotgun, I just I don't see Jonathan Taylor taking that role back, which he had early in the year. So I, I mean, at least that alone makes me not trust that matchup. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, let's get to our final start sit running back question. It's very interesting one. It is Duke Johnson versus Damian Harris. This is going to be a matchup that a lot of people have to make because a lot of people pick these guys off waivers. I'm more curious to see because I think the answer is easy as well. What do you think it is, Jake? I'm going Damian Harris. Look, I I agree. Bill Belichick's going to take away something. And he's going to make you pass and and give you some exotic blitzes. They're going to take away the run. I I mean, Duke Johnson might have some catches, but David Johnson wasn't going to get a lot of catches as the lead back in this offense. Damian Harris, on the other hand, has been running down people's throats, and they run it down your throat when you know they're going to run it and you still can't stop it. I, I think this one's easy. I think Damian Harris has a big week, a little bit touchdown dependent to have a monster week, but I think he go, he easily goes over 100 like Kareem Hunt and Chubb both did last week. Yeah, I think he could go for 150 and a touchdown or two. I mean, it could be that kind of week easily for him. He's a top 20 play for me. He's a love. Yeah. If you watch my start sit video, that's going to be out. I love him because he faced the Houston Texans are not only the worst rushing defense in the NFL, they are 10 yards worse per game than the second worst and 25 yards per game worse than the third worst team. They are in a league of their own right now in terms of terrible rush defense. Patriots offensive line is playing at a really high level right now, particularly the right side, which is surprising because all the talent's on the left side. So their, yeah. their line as a whole is all playing. playing ass off. Absolutely. They're playing really well right now. All five guys are running it very effectively. Uh, Patriots are one of my locks of the week. We talked about that on the Against the Spread show. I think they run at will against Houston, which is exactly what they need to do and what they should do because you can't rely on Cam Newton's arm to win you games. But they don't have to because they're going to have a great matchup here. Uh, I love Damian Harris. Duke Johnson's still a play. He's still a flex option, but not over Damian Harris. Uh, Let's move on to some of the wide receiver questions that we have now. Uh, We have a couple of these before we get into starts and sits. One of them is, and this is, again, there's a lot of good receivers, so we're going to see some bigger names that show up on here. Here's one of them. Robert Woods against your Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football or Deontay Johnson against the C.J. Henderson-less Jaguars. Jake, do you see where I'm leading you on this one? Yes, Deontay Johnson. (laughs) I think Robert Woods could have a decent night. When I say decent, I'm talking five for 60. I don't think there's the ability for eight for 120 and a touchdown. Deontay Johnson is so explosive after the catch, and you're playing that defense. Like, 
the, the Steelers are going to try to jump up. It might be all be in the first half, but I don't think they're going to run it great. So I think that they're going to lean on Ben, and they run all those little cross routes. He's just so good after the catch. I think he could have 10 or 11 catches in this game. So I'm going to go Deontay Johnson pretty easily on that one. Yeah, Deontay Johnson for me as well. He's a top 12 play. He's a wide receiver one in my rankings this week. He's going to get, he's a lock for double digit targets. So the only concern is if he leaves the game early. We've seen it a couple times this year. That's always the risk you take with him, but he's going to get double digit targets against a bad secondary that lost its best player. Like, I, I don't know what better equation there is for fantasy production than that. So, uh, as you see right there, Deontay Johnson, number 10 for me on the scroll. I mean, I am all in on him this week. He should have a monster. I'm all in on pretty much all the Steelers this week, the playmakers. They should yeah, all have like monster all games. Yeah. Even Ebron. I mean, Ebron's yeah. been really solid the last, like, four weeks. I mean, I think yeah, all e- of them Ebron, are e- going to put up some I have Juju, Juju, have a big as a, Juju at seven, as you see the scroll right now. So, Juju's a wide receiver one. Deontay Johnson's a wide receiver one. Claypool, I think, is a flex option for you. Uh, Eric Ebron is a, t- is a tight end one in, in the top 12 there. Ben's a top 10 play. I mean, all uh, Ben's a top six play. I think I have him right now. So yeah. you're starting all your Steelers. I like Connor, but I'm, uh, I liked him last week too, and he didn't get much work. So I don't, if he's the one guy I'm more like relative to expectations, I'm kind of iffy on, the but Steelers you're are playing him. fine with this short passing game being the running game yeah. when Ben's playing like he did last week. So like that, they don't, they, they've almost overrun it early in the year. But if that short passing game is working in this little bubble screen and stuff, they, they think of that as the run game in that offense. So, yeah, and that's I like the receivers that much more, especially in PPR stuff. I mean, Connor's okay, but I don't, I don't know these are going to get more than 15 carries out of him. No, I'm not sure about that as well. Let's get into our last start and sit. This one's really interesting because there's a questionable quarterback situation for one of them, and that is DJ Moore or T. Higgins. Both guys are usually must-starts for you, but DJ Moore might be catching passes from Will Greer or, or P.J. Walker. Uh, you know what you're going to get from T. Higgins. It's not a great matchup. Washington secondary has been pretty stout this year. But if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't play, where do you go here? And then if he does, does that change your mind? If Yeah, probably. If, he, if, if Teddy plays in his 80%, T.J. Moore's been good. He's been really good. He's been good after the catch. He's good down the field. I like that matchup better against the Lions defense, which is awful. But T. Higgins is – proven to be the number one along with Tyler Boyd in that offense, and they're going to have to throw it to have any success at all. Now, it's a tough matchup against Washington's defense, which is really solid, but target share alone, I'm going to have to go with T. Higgins, and especially the question mark quarterback. Yeah, I if if Bridgewater's ruled out, I'll probably have Higgins slightly above him. If not, I'll go with DJ Moore. Uh, so if you have the ability to wait until Sunday to make that call, uh, I was really excited about Carolina's pass catchers this week. Detroit's very beatable in the secondary. Uh, and if Teddy Bridgewater was healthy and at full speed, I was ready for Robbie Anderson to have a big day, DJ Moore to have a big day, Samuel to be like a sneaky flex play. But I don't know what I'm going to get from. I loved watching PJ Walker in the XFL. I've really enjoyed that run. He was an XFL DFS monster. Yeah, his brief amount of touches so far has been abysmal, and we're, Will Greer just doesn't have it. Like it just, yeah. I don't, I don't need to see. I'll throw another one in there for you. We're not Travis Fogum. So that's Higgins a fun one. Like, so I played um, Christian Kirk over Fulgham and Higgins in one league. It was an okay night. I think it was nine, nine and a half points, whatever it was. I, I expected him to have a big play down the field. He didn't. Fulgham was so good for so long there. And then, like, what, 1.8 last week? Yeah, one catch for eight yards. You, can, I throw, still you can throw it on Cleveland. I think you have to to win this game, but. I'm going to still go with Higgins here, but I actually like Fulgham this week. He made my prop bet article because right now you can get him. Uh, at plus odds for five catches. Uh, I think that's a complete overreaction from – he still played the most snaps of any wide receiver. Him and Jalen Rager played the 88% of the offensive snaps. He's still going to be out there all the time. 
He had one bad week. He's not a must start by any means, and I'm definitely starting Higgins over him. Uh, but I think it's something that is at least worthy of looking at. So uh, I'm excited to see how he plays this week because that's uh, – we were excited about the Eagles uh, relatively. I mean, you we were get so excited yeah. about the Eagles. But we as we were last those week – guys coming back and having And they pieces. fell on their place. Oh, they fl- fell awful. flat on their faces. It was just uh, across the board was uh, was a disaster. Now, there. they also get a huge break with Miles Garrett being out of this game. Huge Tremendous. Break. Yes. Because it's all going to be on both quarterbacks. You can't run it on either one of the defenses very well. Baker's going to have to play well, or Carson's going to have to play well. But, like, Absolutely. no Miles Garrett, is a, that's a giant benefit for, for Carson Wentz fans. couple, let's get to some of our questions that the listeners have asked us. Again, please join us every Friday for this, this TDN Fantasy Happy Hour where you can a- ask your questions. We'll answer them live. We did, like, a dozen-plus questions last week. We don't have quite as many this week, so we did a lot more starts and sits. But please join us. We will answer any and every question you have. Uh, for as long as we're able to be on the air. Uh, the first one is actually about, can you trust Travis Fulgham? I, I think as a secondary flex option, sure. The issue is always going to be there are so many good wide receivers that you on a weekly basis that it's tough to know for sure. But I, I don't want to overreact to one bad week because I think that happens in fantasy way too much where guys have a bad game and everybody's off the train. We saw it with Deontay Johnson. We've seen it with DeAndre Swift. We've seen it with a few guys this year where people just abandon ship after one bad game. And then some guys like they'll play having bad games for three, four, five weeks before they abandon ship. I, it's a weird dynamic, but uh, I trust him in the sense of top 35, 36, a wide receiver three type of a play, but you probably have better options if you're playing in like a 10 team league. I trust him, the player. Yes. I don't know that I trust the coaching staff, Carson Wentz or this offense to get him the ball. I love the player that he's turned into. So I have a little bit of hesitation there, but yeah, I, li- I like it. A couple other ones we have here. Uh, what should I reasonably expect from Deshaun Watson this week? It looks like Stephon Gilmore is going to be back, so we'll have their top two corners. I guess we can expand this out to all of these guys because Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks have been really, really consistent this year for the most part. And I can't believe I'm using that word with those two players considering what we thought about them coming into the year, but they've been very consistent. They both had decent games considering the weather circumstances last week. But now the Patriots are going to be have those top two corners back. You have J.C. Jackson on one side, Stephon Gilmore on the other. How do you feel about Houston this week, all three of those guys, Watson, Cooks, and Fuller for fantasy purposes? I think Watson will be okay because I think they're going to abandon the run pretty fast. He's actually played a lot better the last month. Still a little bit of hero ball, but he's doing a lot better job of taking what the defense gives him. I think that's why Cooks became so involved. Uh, I think Cooks and Fuller will be fine, and I think Watson can get you that 20 points. I don't know that they can really put up a ton, but I think all three of them are probably like a solid B type week. And I don't think I'm going to put any of them in an A category, but I think it's a solid week for them. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I, I have them kind of like in that wide receiver two range uh, for Will Fuller. Low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three for Cooks. It's just, I, I they've been so good, but again, it's just, you have so many hard decisions to make at wide receiver each week because so many guys are producing and there are a ton of guys that can get you 10, 11, 12 points that, you never want to make the and wrong Gilmore team. being back is huge, man. I mean, yes. if you're playing Belichick, you're going to get some exotic blitzes. They're going to get Deshaun a few times. He's going to make some mistakes. You're going to have to hit them for a big play, which they don't give up a lot of, especially with Gilmore back. So that's why I'm like, yes. I'm going to bring him down just, just a tick. Knock him down a little bit. I'm curious. Like, I don't, I mean, I would have to be in a tremendously deep league for this push because I think I have him ranked as like my wide receiver 49 or something. But I'm curious to see how good of a game Randall Cobb could have. If those guys on the outside are blanketed a lot, like does Deshaun Watson check it down to Cobb a lot? 
That's the problem is does Deshaun Watson take what the defense gives him, which should be the slot guy for five or six yards and a good run after the catch guy, and does he let him do that? Or does he play hero ball and try to force it down the field and make those big plays, which he's been known to do? He's been better at it for the last month. Yes, Early in the season, he was got awful at it. So that's a – But he's got a history of that. like for, going to force the ball, and I think that could be a mistake. Uh, again, yeah. Patriots are one of my locks of the week this week. I'm, I'm really excited about them. Uh, are all the Steelers receivers start worthy? Yes. Um, I, I, w- I would have Juju, Deontay, and Claypool in that order, uh, but they are all start worthy. The first two are wide receiver ones, so I can't imagine you sh- you have any reason on your roster to start other players unless you just had I don't know like DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, and you know Devonte Adams or something if he starts, which I can't imagine you started your draft like that. So yes, they're all very startable. Um, do you have a preference on the order, Jake? I agree with that. I mean, Claypool yeah. has become a giant part of this offense with reverses. Yes little slants, third and sevens, but so is Juju and so is Deontay Johnson. So I like the way that you have them, but I think all three of them could easily – it's all going to be who gets the touchdowns and who gets the yards between the 20s. Yep. Uh, Long term, I am curious to see if, if the Steelers elect not to re-sign Juju, how this offense will will operate with Claypool and Johnson. I think they'll let him walk. I think they've been working toward one. that as well. Uh, the Steelers, own, they, they don't pay a lot of guys. They own, they, they're they very selective in what they want to pay. Um, and they and never negotiate during the season. So this is definitely no. a next year thing. So so I'm excited to see how that plays out. Uh, a couple more here. What can we expect from Mike Gusecki? Uh, his rapport with Tua has been shoddy so far. I think that can be said about everybody. Uh, I mean, Devontae Parker's been up and down. Uh, Jakeem Grantzer, number two, was okay for what he is. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a pretty small guy, but he plays hard. Uh, yeah. But I'm not enthused to start any Miami Dolphin except their defense. I think their defense is my number two defense this week. Uh, but aside from that, I'm not exactly excited to start about any of those guys. I think this is one of those cases where they'll do enough as a team. We both like them this week, and they'll, they'll have a team effort to win, but it's not going to result in a ton of fantasy production. Yeah, Tua's not forcing anything, so he's not making any mistakes. Gusecki is intriguing because he always has that little tick of an upside. He has that red zone threat because he can go up and get it. Those kind of things make you want to play him, but he hasn't really shown that. I'm trying to to trade Kenny Galladay, Devontae Parker, and Alan Lazard in another league for Chris Godwin because I know I'm going to make the playoffs, and I took your advice. Like Chris Godwin has a phenomenal Week 15-16 matchup, and that could be the, the difference. But if I don't, they don't take the trade, then I'm going to have to play Devontae Parker this week because Galladay's out. It's okay, but it's scary because he hasn't shown an affinity for any of these guys. He's just playing what's called. And Chan Gailey's doing a great job of making it easy for him. RPO, one read, throw it to this guy. But he's not moving around and doing a bunch of fancy stuff that has shown that he likes one guy or the other. So that's, that part's scary. Yeah, he's a low-end wide receiver three for me this week. I mean, there's obviously a chance he gets a chance he catches a touchdown. You're not afraid of that secondary, but you also don't know what to expect production-wise. So I'm with you on that. Uh, Braden has a comment here from YouTube that just came in. In a flex spot, should I go Gus Edwards, Robert Woods, or Travis Fulgham? I love the matchup for Edwards. Uh, I like the matchup for Edwards. I just don't trust the workload. The they're, they're, now oper- they're now operating all three running backs at full capacity again. So – I, I, this, this is, this is the three headed monster, but at least some of those Rams guys are productive. Like right now, the Ravens guys haven't been on a consistent basis to me. I, I know the matchup isn't great, but I still go with Robert Woods. I still think his floor is higher than any of these guys. Uh, and if you're in a PPR league, that's, that's the way I would go. Robert Woods is going to have 10 targets. He might only have six catches. He's playing Carlton Davis probably most of the night, but he has a chance to get in the end zone. The Rams will score a couple touchdowns. Uh, and I, look, I said the other day on the show, I love Gus Edwards. I think he's the best running back. He has, seems to have the most production in that offense, but 
I, I don't trust who's getting the ball in that offense at all. No, I don't trust it as well. He also adds here that he could go Alan Lazard, Logan Thomas, or Jacecki there. No, I, I would still go Robert Woods. Um, I, I don't uh, – not the matchup for Lazard. Um, and and Fulgham could have a good game, but I, I want to see it like before I play him over a guy that's got the proven floor. Uh, Robert, Robert, yeah, Robert Woods is by far the best player of that bunch. Regardless if it's a big matchup, the Rams are going to throw it enough, and he's their number one guy. I mean, he's going to get 10 targets couple more questions here then we will wrap things up one of them i really like this one this is actually comes from our intern henry uh, is cd lamb a good play with andy dalton coming back lamb had such a great start to the season and has completely fallen off the fantasy radar with the combination of garrett gilbert and all the guy and ben gucci Danucci and all the other trash that's been playing quarterback for the dallas cowboys over the last few weeks what do you think about him this week with Andy Dalton coming back against the Viking secondary that isn't anything special and it continues to be very banged up? I love that if that offensive line doesn't play good and Andy Dalton has to get rid of it, the city lamb's going to be the beneficiary of playing the slot. I said that the first week Andy Dalton played and it was okay, but I think it's an okay matchup, but he's not going to have that upside that he had earlier in the year because they just have too many offensive line issues, issues and injuries. If Zeke runs it well, I think Amari Cooper could have a decent week because I think they could give Andy a little bit more time on the play action, but I still think CD lamb's the biggest beneficiary of them coming out of a buy and being in the slot. So I think it's okay. Yeah. I, I have him in that, like that glut at the low end wide receiver three high end wide receiver four around a lot of these guys we've already talked about on the show. I, I need to see it. And, and it's one of those things where you're getting to the time of year where you can't take too many chances. And if you're going to take chances, like I don't know, like CD lamb with out Dak Prescott doesn't have, 25 point upside like i don't think that that's there anymore like earlier yeah. in the year so if you're gonna take a shot on somebody or you're gonna take a flyer that's the flyer i would take I, I wouldn't do it on lamb but if you're in a deep enough league again multi-flex leagues or 16 18 team leagues he's absolutely on the radar and he's absolutely he's in my rankings and worth worthy of starting in those formats but for most of you probably somebody that's more of like a top bench option than anything else uh, final question here before we start to wrap things up for those of you that have not had the trade deadline pass yet uh, what tight ends or running backs should we target in trades? Um, tight, I'll start with tight end one because there's, there's not a lot out there right now. Uh, if you can get – I feel like there's a lack of hype. And maybe and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jake. There's a lack of hype about how consistently productive Hayden Hurst has been this year for me for Atlanta. Oh, like, I yeah, feel he like had a lot of hype going in. And then, and then it, it like just stopped. Dud, and then a big week and a dud. And now he's had like four games in a row with 10 points. So I think that's – I love that one. I think that's great because I think the lack of hype Somebody could maybe buy in on that. Yeah, I, I think that's the name that immediately comes to mind for me uh, that has been productive. I think Logan Thomas could be an interesting one as well if on a buy low. If you want, if let's say you're a top of the, you know, you're top of the league, you know, you're, you're going to have, you know, you're going to make the playoffs. You're probably going to have a top seed, but maybe you had George Kittle, you know, and, and you, you, don't, you don't have an option at tight end right now. And you just, you're picking up the Tyler Higbee's or the, these guys off Ian Thomas's or Jacecki's off waivers. You just need somebody. I don't know how productive he's going to be, but if for a cheap price, if you want to take a flyer on Zach Ertz, that he'll come back by playoff time. Like he's, he's not going to be back this week. I wouldn't expect him back next week. But if you want to take a flyer of like, I'm picking up the 17th best tight end anyway off of waivers each week for low dollars, I might throw that out take there. The most talented guy, yeah. And I also might take a shot on a frustrated Mark Andrews owner. I mean, this is as bad as it's going to be. And now, if you could get him for $0.60, cents, $0.65 cents on the dollar, 
The Ravens have a very favorable end of year. They're like they have a cakewalk the last five weeks. Like these next two they're weeks also are going to be desperate, having to win games. And yes. I think they're going to have to throw to do that. I think he's the biggest beneficiary of that. Like these next two weeks for them with Tennessee and then playing the Thursday night Thanksgiving primetime game against the Steelers are going to be huge for their playoff implications. But let me read to you what their final five games on the schedule are. And this, by the way, I, I wish I could say this for Marquise Brown, but I just don't trust him enough. But Lamar Jackson, as well as a buy low, I think could be interesting. Although I imagine given the draft capital invested that most people are not willing to sell sell low on him. But they get, after those two games I mentioned about the Titans and the Steelers, they have home against the Cowboys, at Cleveland, home against Jacksonville, home against the Giants, at Cincinnati to end the season. And they're going to have to play all of them. And they might need and to Giant, win all Giants of those five games. could be tougher than you think right now, but that's, that's yes. pretty favorable. But they're going to, and they might need to win those five. Like if they drop these next two yeah. games – they're going to be in trouble in the playoff picture. So they're going to have to win out in that scenario. And they might, again, you, it might take 11 wins to be that final wildcard team in the AFC. It's more likely 10, but it might take 11 depending on how things go right now. Cleveland wins this weekend. The Cleveland's right there. If they lose this weekend, Cleveland's not ahead of them. Running back wise. I mean, James Robinson and uh, Miles Sanders come to mind immediately of guys that I would want to, they're both going to be solid. They're kind of matchup proof. They're going to get enough touches. You could probably get both of them fairly cheap if you need a running back. I mean, those guys, and then we, you know, we both traded for Zeke, so we, we play like that as well. Yeah, I think another name to throw out there is before this week, Damian Harris, uh, because I think if he if he blows up against Houston, where we think he is, he's not going to be cheap anymore. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at some other names. Like, there's just not uh, Austin Eckler. I think if you can again. This, this goes back to your league. If you have somebody that is sitting in, like they're out of the playoff, or they're trying to fight for the playoff spot, they might be willing to give you Austin Eckler or a David Johnson or somebody like that that's sitting on IR right now that won't be available for them in the regular season. Like they're just So that's a zero for them the rest of the regular season. They are fighting to get in. If you have the ability to move pieces and grab one of those guys and be able to sit them on your bench or in your IR spot until the postseason – those are worthwhile risks. That could be the difference for you, especially in an, an RB market that's out of that's just crazy right now. I would take a chance on those guys if you need somebody. Uh, not immediately. I mean, again, you need to be pretty sturdy in your playoff positioning to risk moving those guys for that. But those are some moves that you can make in the meantime. Think of it as like a rental, like in like playoff hockey yeah, or like or baseball of like rental on a guy that might be hurt right now. I would take a shot on those guys. All right, so before we wrap things up completely, Jake, let's go through all of our games to give our picks. You can see at the very at the very bottom, uh, thanks to Bet Online, they have their latest NFL odds for the weekend. We have odds on every game right now except Detroit Carolina because nobody knows what positions are going to be playing in any of these games at the moment. But um, if we already locked it in, we'll remind you that we did our show TDN against the spread. We have our locks, underdogs of the week totals. It's a video show. You can check it out online. Check it out at TDN Fantasy on Twitter. Uh, our intern Hank, when he's not, you know, making sure his balls smell nice and pretty, he's putting out clips of the show to make sure you can see these different things, uh, what Jake likes, what I like. But this one, we're just going to go rapid fire, uh, thirty seconds about for each of us going what we like about each game. Let's start with the Eagles versus the Browns. The Browns without Miles Garrett are three point favorites at home. Jake, who do you like in this matchup? I'm going to take the Browns 28-23. I just have a little bit more faith in them. Like I said, neither one of these teams are going to run it great. So the Browns want to run it. I think they stick with it better. I think they have the ability to play action on that secondary better. I just don't trust what I'm getting from Philly at all on offense. I I, I kind of got excited like we talked about, and they couldn't have laid more of an egg. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I have the Browns covering as well. It hurts that there's not Miles Garrett, but I just don't trust this Eagles team right now. Until they show me something, I'm not going to pick them to go up on the road against any team of competence and win. Atlanta Falcons versus New Orleans Saints. We spent a lot of time talking about this. We both love the Falcons at plus five, at plus four and a half. They're still plus three and a half right now, Jake. Uh, I, what do you think about this? I, I We're still on board, right? Like, There's no way we could be less on board now with Taysom Hill starting. No, I'm going to give you the same score. 31-23 Falcons. I liked them. I, I felt really good about them coming out of the bye. They started showing some signs of life going into it. Uh, they should be healthier than they've been. They should be able to do some self-scout, make some adjustments. This game's always close. They usually split. It's kind of like the Steelers and Ravens. It's always three points here and there, whoever makes the play. I have a little bit more faith in the Falcons right now. I don't know what I'm getting from the Saints team. I agree. Uh, I think the, I think the Falcons can win this game outright. I'm going to take the extra points that I have on there. I feel like this is – we said this on the, against the spread show. I feel like this is going to come down to a field goal either way, and I thought that would be with Jameis slinging it down the field. Uh, this might be a little bit more low scoring than I thought. I'm backing off of this game being my favorite over, but uh, I, I'll take the Falcons here because I think they could win outright. Patriots at Texans. We've talked about this a bunch. The Patriots are one-point favorites. They are one of my locks of the week at that. Jake, do you agree? Yeah, 27-23 Patriots get it done. I don't know that 23 that Houston's even going to get there. I, I just I, – I, it's not a bad – it's a bad matchup for Houston. I think the Patriots, they've run – like I said, I've said it time and time again. When they've had to run it, they've run it. And when you know they're going to run it, they still run it and you can't stop them. I think they have a, a monster day on the ground. I think Cam has a bounce back week. I think they win. I agree. Patriots going to run it right down their throats. I expect a big game from Damian Harris and a sneaky good game from Rex Burkhead in this matchup. Even Jacoby Myers might be a, a decent play this week in fantasy as well. I like the Patriots. Let's go right into one of my other locks of the week. The Steelers are 10-point favorites over the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road. Uh, all Steelers all the time, 10-0. Uh, I, 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 I don't see how Jacksonville keeps up with them on either side of the ball. I wrote down 31-17. I don't know that Jacksonville gets 17. I, I think if the Steelers show up, they kind of lost, you know, a couple weeks. I think the Dallas game was a big slap in the face. They had this like, okay, we didn't show up. We still won. Last week was we showed up in our defense, played a complete game. They haven't done that in over a month. If they show up and play a B game, they win by 14. Yep, I agree. That That's – there would there need to be some shenanigans, uh, and it's going to be great weather. That's the one thing this week. Of The weather is going to be phenomenal. A little bit of rain in Philadelphia – or excuse me, a little bit of rain in Cleveland, but otherwise it's going to be pretty nice, which is a treat this time of year. The Cincinnati Bengals versus the Washington football team that may or may not actually have a new name next year, which was the latest report for whatever reason. Uh, Washington are one-point home favorites. Jake, who do you like in this matchup? Which is probably not aesthetically pleasing for a lot, but actually an intriguing football matchup. I'm going to go with Washington. The Bengals have fallen off a little bit the last couple of weeks. They had a big win against Tennessee, and then they've kind of slowed down. Washington's playing good. Alex Smith threw for 390 yards last week, man. Like, that is just locks up comeback player of the year. The fact oh, yeah. that he played it all, I locked it up. He threw for freaking 390. Yes, it was Detroit. I don't give a damn. He threw for 390 yards with like one leg. Like he literally has like a prosthetic from the knee down. They, they're playing okay. Gibson's come on. You, your boy McKissick's been amazing. McLaren has been solid no matter who the quarterback mm -hmm. is. I just think they're better. I think this Bengals team has come back down to earth. Joe Burrow's still playing okay. But their offensive line still sucks. They can't run the ball. And their defense is still really bad. I, I like Washington to win this one. Washington plays solid defense. They can run the ball effectively. They can dump it down to J.D. McKissick a thousand times a game. I think they have enough here to get the job done. Uh, despite you know Joe Burrow being on the other side, just I'm not a fan of the Cincinnati team as currently constructed. So I'm going to take. I, I was a little surprised to see this because I thought Washington might be two or three point favorites in this game. So I, I, I mean, Burrow deserves all the love he gets. Like I'm not 
I have nothing bad to say about him, but I feel like this is a little bit disrespectful to Washington right now. And uh, one of the most compelling comeback player of the year races of all time, uh, because in any other year, this would be a runaway for Ben Roethlisberger. But literally, I mean, I've said it in the preseason, Ben's going to have a monster year. He's going to win this award because who the hell thought Alex Smith would actually be the starting quarterback for Washington today? The one caveat, if Ben goes 16 and 0, I'm giving him the reward, the award. That's the only the yes. way that you can knock Alex Smith off that perch, which, again, Here's I don't expect ben anybody to do the award more. Sure. But it's a better story because Alex Smith almost died and lost his leg. The fact that he's playing football, it's come back. What he and, came and through is insane. And it's one of the few awards that isn't necessarily about 100% on the field production. And I like this right. more than the, like, a guy had a bad year. Like, I hate the Comeback Player of the Year awards where the guy just sucked. There was no injury. There was no extenuating circumstances. Nothing happened in the personal life. He just had a bad year and then just had a good year the next year. I hate those when those players win. Both By of these the way, players are extremely Ben deserving. didn't almost die, but he popped two tendons off of his throwing elbow. Yes. At, like, what, 30? It's a giant deal, man. Like, he's coming back from a major, major injury. And also, like, did you watch the Steelers attempt to play offense late in the year last year? Like, just not making us sit through that anymore is, is a blessing on its own. Uh, the Tennessee Titans versus the Baltimore Ravens. This line is moving all over the place uh, these last uh, last couple days. It is back up to Titans plus six. And this is one of your underdogs of the week. So the Ravens are six-point favorites at home, Jake. Kind of teased it there for you, but what do you think about this game? And not only do you think – I know you like the Titans to cover, but do you think they can win or do you think it's just going to be a very close matchup? I think they're damn capable of winning. I think that the Ravens are more desperate. I'm going to take the Ravens 24-21. The Titans cover. I think they keep it close. Even if the Ravens jump on them, I think the Titans have the ability to throw it and get back in it. Uh, Tannehill's ability to move around, to hit the big play with all three of those weapons. Uh, I think they damn sure can win it. They, went up, they proved it. They went up there and kicked yeah. their ass in the playoffs last year. The, Titan, the Ravens are not playing good football. I just think they are desperate and they are very well coached. I think they get it done in a really close fun game. This is like old school, a lot of hitting. This is going to be like Steelers-Ravens type of physicality. A tremendously important game in the playoff picture. Yeah. We have six, six, and three teams. teams in the Yes. We have six, six, and three teams in the AFC right now, which includes the leader of the AFC South in Indianapolis. But two of those teams have to sit at home. Like, there's just there's no way around it. Even if they do the expanded schedule, somebody of that group has to sit at home, uh, which also includes the Raiders and the Dolphins. And so – uh, I'm excited. I think this is a close game because I, I think Baltimore's inability to consistently have explosive plays will allow the Titans to go back to doing what they really want to do, and that is pounding Derrick Henry. And, and Baltimore's been a little vulnerable in that category lately. I think this is a field goal game. This is a Justin Tucker field goal game away. I'll take the Ravens to win, but the Titans to cover just like you, Jake. Uh, Miami Dolphins versus the Denver Broncos in the last game this year that will have home fans in Denver. Uh, the Broncos are three and a half point underdogs at home. We're still not sure if Drew Locke is going to play. It's looking more likely now than a couple days ago. But what are your thoughts about this game? Can the Dolphins keep it rolling? Lock of the week. I, I said on our against the spread show, 28-20. They are at least a touchdown favorite. They are at least a touchdown better than Denver. Denver's, they've got talent in places, but they're a year away from putting it all together. Drew Locke's playing injured. And look, this Miami defense is playing elite you got Byron Murphy and Xavier Howard, and they're, they've now been out there for a few games together. Flores is blitzing all over the place. They're going from cover one to freaking cover zero to cover three. Drew Locke hasn't had a damn clue what's going on when he played the Raiders. I, I just – I can't – I don't have no faith in, the, in this. And then we talked about at nauseum the running game for Denver. Yeah. And who's going to get the ball there? I just I, – I think Miami wins this game easily. I think they control the game from start to finish. 
I agree with you. Uh, I, I jumped in on you at the last second with the lock of the week. I just think Miami's too talented on both sides of the ball, and I've just been very unhappy with what I've seen from Denver in recent weeks. Uh, the New York Jets versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert and his lack of hair are nine-and-a-half-point home favorites over the Jets. If he cuts his hair and loses to the Jets, uh, he loses the Rookie of the Year award. Like, he just can't win it. I don't but think that's he my rule anyway. He didn't win any damn games. Joe Burrow is running off with this award. He's the favorite uh, right although, now. He's the betting favorite. I bet online is Justin Herbert. Justin Herber. Wirth should be the betting favorite right now. I know, but nobody's going to vote for a tackle. You know this. I know that, but I'm saying who's you know. been the best. Joe Burrow should win the award. He cut his hair and it scares the hell out of me. They also have figured out every way possible to lose. Yeah. I think they figure out a ton of ways to not cover this game. I'm going to pick them to do it because I cannot rationally say that they're not 13 points better. But it scares the hell out of me. I'm going to go 33-20 and ride with the Bolts. Yeah, I, I am as well reluctantly because this is the Chargers. And, and I'm going to go on my soapbox a little bit here. So I'm, this is like I'm going to take a sip of Mighty Swell before I get off on this rant. But I will say Greg Williams ah, better. blitz the hell out of Herbert. So he's going to see some shit he hadn't seen before. True, but at least he's not afraid to take a, take a shot and throw it. Like oh, yeah. That, that, that there, part has been – so here's when we talk about the Chargers and, and the one-score game stuff because we're going to forget about the context of everything when we get to January, February, and most importantly, when we get to next August and September. Calling their loss last week a one-score loss is ridiculous. They were down 14 nothing out of the gates. They were down 15 points with two minutes to play, and they get a garbage-time touchdown to take it to eight. And it's like, oh, well, they lost another cl- – that was not a close game. The Chargers did not lose a close game last week. They got blown out, and it looked close at the very end. Like, I, I don't want to hear that narrative. That's a great point. No, it's a great because, point. Because they, we do this all the time. a couple of those where they're just like, yeah, technically they were one-score games, but they found a bunch of ways to lose bad Yeah. Games. It's just – it's no, like we're not doing it. Like one-score game where the, where the play is in the back of the end zone against the Raiders, sure. But like yeah, this was not – this was – yeah. This was not a one-score loss. Like, you got demolished in this game. Uh, the Green Bay Packers versus the Indianapolis Colts in our stay-away game of the weekend Ooh. from the TDN against the spread. Colts are one-point favorites. I'm going to ride with them at home, but I love that defense, and I think they can – whatever combination, even though it sucks for fantasy, they'll find a combination that works for them on the ground. And they might, and Adams might not play for Green Bay, but I'm not going to say this with a lot of confidence. This game scares me from a betting standpoint. Yeah, no, this was our stay away for in both of us. And I love that it was on there. Neither one of us knew that it was coming from the other one. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to ride the Colts 24-21. I think that defense is the difference to get it done. Aaron Rodgers, I do not want to bet against, but he's on the road. And that defense, I have no faith in. Phillip Rivers is making enough plays. He's looked okay the last couple weeks. One of those three guys has a decent day. And Michael Pittman Jr. has come on and been sneaky good the last couple weeks. I think he might be the difference maker in this one. Yeah, he's, he's been really good since coming off of uh, – after getting acclimated deal, after dealing with his injury, uh, seven catches on that Thursday night game. We really broke out 10 days ago, so I'm excited to see him in this matchup. A couple more games to get into. Remember, Detroit and Carolina does not have a line and probably won't until Sunday because we have no idea what's going on with any of the quarterbacks in that in that game. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys in the return from the bye against the Minnesota Vikings, fresh off of their Monday night football victory. The Vikings are seven and a half point favorites at home, Jake. Uh, are you smelling a, a cover here from the underdog? I am. And I also like the over. I mean, look, Dallas has come out of a bye. They're healthy. That coaching staff's taking a lot of heat, but Mike McCarthy's no freaking rookie. He's been there, done that. He knows this Vikings team. This Vikings team, by the way, sucked the first month. Sucked. Now, they've played better. They're running it good. And that's, this Dallas defense is not any good. The over, last time I looked, was 48 and a half. I like this. I'm going to yeah. go 
with the Vikings to win 28-24, but Dallas is going to move the ball, put up some points. The problem is the last time we saw Dallas was Gucci, Danucci, and then whatever else, and they couldn't do anything. Andy Dalton's back. Last time I checked, Andy Dalton could play football. The offensive line's bad, but they're going to ride Zeke a little bit. I think Dallas puts up some points. I think they hang around. I do too. I, I don't I'm not pick them to win this game, but I think they keep this within a touchdown. That extra hook was juicy. I was going to take them yeah. plus seven anyway, but seven and a half. Uh, I think they're going to be able to run the ball really effectively. I, I haven't given up yet on Andy Dalton. Like I know that one game that we saw him when he played the full game was a disaster in prime time. I understand, and it was, and that's being nice, but it's still just one game. Like I, he was still a co- more than competent quarterback for a long time. Like, and he's got plenty of weapons and they've had extra time and Minnesota's on a short week. I'm going to take the seven and a half points in this game. Uh, Dude, there's and- a lot of players that don't have the pro bowls. Andy Dalton has that we've called competent. He's a yeah. multi pro bowl player. Yeah. He's been to the playoffs multiple times. He's long from being done. Cause he had one bad game behind an atrocious offensive yes. line. Just because they have a star in their helmet. Doesn't mean this is five years ago. His offensive no. line is beat down. They're gone. There's none of those guys left. None. The only concern I have on that front is that he's coming off of a serious illness. I mean, COVID's no joke, as we all know. And he was sick and, and a concussion before that. So how his health overall is, both physically and his wind and all that other stuff, is, is a concern. But uh, if he is feeling all right, I, I think they'll keep this game within one score. It'll be a better game than people are anticipating. Uh, the last one, speaking of COVID, is the Sunday Night Football game where everybody on all the teams, the entire Raiders defense and like the entire offensive line for the Chiefs are currently on the COVID list. I imagine most of them are going to come off on Saturday, but obviously that's still to be determined. Uh, this line isn't available right now at Bet Online, but when it comes back, it'll be Kansas City minus eight on the road. It'll be right around that total. It's been above a touchdown pretty much everywhere. This might be another stay away, but we have to pick every single game. I'm going to take the Chiefs to cover, but I am not super confident. So I originally wrote down 38-31. The line was seven. And I went, okay, I'll go 38-30, and I think the Chiefs get it done. And now if it's eight, I still think they get it done. I think Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid's record coming off a bye – the fact that the Raiders hit him in the mouth earlier in the year and they have had zero answer for it. The fact that the only pick that Patrick Mahomes has thrown all year was in that game in the fourth quarter where the Raiders really kind of sealed the deal. I, I just, I'm going to ride with Andy Reid's record coming out of the bye. I like this Raiders team. You know that. I think that offense yeah. is good. I think that offense is going to move the ball. I think this could be a fun, high scoring game. But if it's going to be eight, I'm still going to take the Chiefs and lean towards them to cover a little bit. I'm going to lead toward Andy Dalton post by always. I mean, his record is insane. The other thing too, is we talked a lot. We've talked a lot over the years about how the Patriots and Tom Brady in particular, when he was there, do a great job of manufacturing reasons to get up for games. There's, this is another one of those cases, this bus parade tour, the, the, the victory laps around the stadium for the Raiders at, at Arrowhead. That has become a thing. And you have an extremely talented team with an extremely strong coaching staff coming off of a bye week against a division rival that beat you in your building and then gloated about it, I cannot imagine that that foot comes off the gas. I think you're going to get everything Kansas City can offer. They're going to have Sammy Watkins back for this game. I'm not sure if they'll have Nicole Hardman, who's on the COVID list, but I think you're going to get everything that they have in this game and if, if this if there was one game where kansas city is just going to go you know what we're going to win this by three touchdowns and we're going to keep throwing the ball in the fourth quarter when we're up by three scores it's going to be this game to prove a point look I, I grew up in this rivalry they don't have to get up to get ready to play the raiders 
but it's just one more reason to take it to another level. Yep. You're exactly right. I, that's why I, I, I lean towards them to yes, get it done and make a statement of, Hey, we're back. And Andy Reid coming out of a buy. I mean, I'm just, that's the, to me, that's the ultimate kicker here. Absolutely. Uh, Jake, let's get into our, actually, no, we have one, we have, you know what? Quick question, impromptu betting question that popped up for us. What do you guys think about the under on 47 and a half in Eagles Browns? Uh, That I'm intrigued because that is going to be a weather game. It's a little bit rainy. Uh, That, so what was your score prediction for that game, Jake? 28, 23. I have it at 51, depending on that weather could bring it down a little bit. I don't think I like the under 47 and a yeah. half. Yeah, maybe tease Both that. Both those secondary, sec, those two secondaries are too bad, I think, for that. Yeah, you might want to tease that. Like, you might want to st- you want to add six points to that, make that 53 and a half, uh, and then uh, under 53 and a half, and then find another game uh, that you really like. Maybe tease the Chiefs down to two uh, that we just talked about or, or, or something something on that front. Um, tease the Titans up to 12. Tease the Falcons yeah. up to, you know, 10. Uh, you know, so, some of those other interesting ones, but um, – I don't know. I always get like NFL unders are weird. Uh, even this time of year, like I always get, I always get nervous betting them. So they're, they're not my favorites, when but both, when you're stopped the run and they're both secondaries are bad, even yeah. if they throw some picks, they're going to have to throw it to win it. That just leans towards being a high scoring game. I think to me. So uh, Jake, let's get into our final thoughts here. And I want to tee you up for this because there's a cool little challenge that's going on this week and for the rest of the season. That's really beneficial for charity. We're going to throw this up here on the screen. This is the link to go to. If you're listening to us on the podcast and not joining our live video, it is arians.rivalsmedia.com. And Jake, can you tell us a little bit about this and where, how this benefits the Arians Family Foundation and what the Arians Family Foundation is all about? Yeah, so arians.rivalsmedia.com. Get on, you can sign up. Make all your their bets. There you you get your tokens, right? So this is right up your alley. It's all these prop bets. Who wins a coin toss? Who gets the first kickoff? Who scores? The, is it a touchdown? Is it a field goal? Uh, all the way through, and you're going to compete in the celebrity leaderboard. You're going to compete for prizes, autograph memorabilia. Uh, you're going to chance to win tickets next year. Hashtag beat Jamie. Jamie's already got his picks in. I've got my picks in. Uh, a ton of fun. And the biggest part thing here is it helping us prevent abuse and neglect of kids. The Arians Family Family Foundation is all about. Uh, foster kids, the, preventing the abuse and neglect of foster kids that are in the system, having a CASA and doing everything we can for that. It's hard to raise money right now in these COVID times. This is a really cool, fun, interactive way we can do with the fans because many people on there, you can get on, donate 10 bucks, you can get on, donate 50 and buy the season pass. And if the bucks go to the Super Bowl, we're going to play it all the way through. So that 50 bucks will get you a lot more than five games. Uh, so arians.rivalsmedia.com, get on there and challenge us and put hashtag beat Jamie on there for this week. Absolutely. It's really exciting. If, if you're not familiar, there's a, a various prop bets for the game of who's going to win the kickoff, the coin toss, who scores first, what team gets what sack and what quarter. Um, and you've kind of just these cool interactive graphics you just click on to pick uh, which side you're on. You can wager how what percentage of your chips do you want to wager on it. Uh, and obviously, the more chips you win, uh, the more time, the more times you can play, the more games. And I encourage you to to play every single week to donate uh, to the Arians Family Foundation. We've talked about them on the show a lot. But this is a fun, interactive way. Uh, if you let's say you, you're really into the gambling scene, but you don't really want to spend hundred dollars of your own money, this is great for a ten dollar donation. Gets you a ton of chips that you can then use as if you're basically wagering on prop bets each week, and you go up yeah, and down. Bragging rights just the same. Man. Absolutely, you're gonna get you're gonna get the shower on the show, and the better you do, the longer you can play. I mean, that I don't I don't know what more you can ask for than that. It's really fun. I've already made my picks for week 11. Join us there at arians.rivalsmedia.com. Uh, my final thoughts are, and I'll reiterate, of, I'm excited that we're going to have a mostly weather-free weekend because those are going to be few and far between for the rest of the season. 
as the weather gets worse, as we get into Thanksgiving games and beyond to December and January playoff football, only one game with some weather impact. And it's really not one you're going to be freaking out about. You're still starting the same, you know, Browns and Eagles. You would be starting anywhere else. You're not dealing with those Cleveland games like they had against the Rams or last week against Houston that completely alter your production. So uh, I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful that we've got a chance to enjoy happy hour here with mighty swell. I'm thankful that Hank can finally do something about those smelly balls with Manscaped. Again, 20% off and free shipping on this gift package. Get your package for your package, as Jake likes to say, at manscaped.com using the promo code TDN. Enjoy week 11. It's going to be a really exciting game. So many fantasy, so many playoff implications on the line. And we will be back on Monday morning to break down everything that happened Plus preview a little Monday night football game between two NFC teams and Jake might be aware of one of them as we had the Rams and Buccaneers play in another game full of NFC playoff implications. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back with you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.